0: Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Let's go ahead and sit down and let's let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Are you ready? Are you hungry for the Word of God? Come on. You know, one thing that I love, thank you, Edwin. One thing that I love about a move of God is that a move of God is everything all together it's worship, it's prayer, it's holiness, it's the Word. Amen. Uh, I think one of the things that we have to be careful is that we judge a service by last week's service. Come on, say amen. That, we, we're, that if, if we have the Word of God, for somehow it's less powerful. I want to encourage you, the Word of God is a fire. Amen? And so I want us to turn, I've never, this is hot off the press, I've never really preached on this before. But I want to encourage everyone today on Mother's Day. And it just so happens to be a woman that I'm going to be talking about. It wasn't planned that way. I'm starting a new series, if I could get to preach it, glory to God called Bringing Back the Revivalists and Reformers, Biblical Revivalists, because I believe that we could learn principles from biblical characters that carried change and that changed not only their environment, their life and family, but an entire city and region. I believe if we look at certain biblical characters and study them, we'll say, why are they different than us? And God is no respecter of persons, and God is about to do something and encourage you. I want to release a prophetic word to you today, so let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, that you would pray. I pray that you would release your word today, that you would, Lord, bless those who are here. I just pray divine shifting and divine encouragement. Divine release in the midst of seasons where we don't understand what you're doing. Oh, I thank you for your word, for your word is, brings hope. And I bless you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. I want you to turn to Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. I don't know if Ruth Ruth is here, like Ruth Salvador is here. Is, oh, there's another Ruth. There's another Ruth back there. How many Ruths are here? Like for real. Okay, we got one. All right, there's another two Ruth. All right. Well, Ruth, chapter one. Now, now, Joel, I'm going to uh, not going to read. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures, so I'm going to uh, actually going to read a couple, and then I'm going to have you jump down to a couple things. I want you to see this story, because in the book of Ruth, you're going to see. Listen, I mean, oh, I'm just burning with this. You're going to see how the Lord is behind. Hear me now, working behind the scenes in every season of your life. I, I want to say this to you. There are seasons in your life that you're currently going in or have been going in. Are, is this too loud for you or are you okay? Are, is this too loud? It, let's lower that a little bit, my, my mic just a little bit because it's a little loud for them. I can hear people like, amen. So there's seasons in our lives that we don't understand. But I want you to see the story of Ruth as a God who is not absent and a God who works behind the scenes for your good. Can I hear an Amen. Now, Ruth chapter 1, I want you to read this. It's going to be a little bit long reading, but I'm going to to break it down from there. Amen. Turn to someone and say he's going to break it down. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Ruth chapter 1, this is going to apply to you. If you're there, say amen. Now, it came to pass in the days when the judge's rule will be on the screen that there was a famine in the land. I want you to hear with prophetic eyes, I'm sorry, prophetic ears and see with prophetic eyes today. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab. Now, Moab is a foreign country uh, uh, where they did not follow the ways of the Lord. And he and his wife, which is Naomi, and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. Can you imagine that? Those are street names right there. I got my boy Malon and Chilion coming up. (laughs) Chilling with Chilion. (laughs) Ephrathitis of Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to the country of Moab and remained there. I need you to follow me. I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but I'm going to backtrack. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, now, now watch this. Watch the tragedies that begin to happen in this story. Because a lot of times we think revival comes to people who never gone through something. We think that God uses people that never have gone through anything is actually the opposite. The people that God uses the most is the ones who's been through the fire the most. Because they know how to come out of that fire and that wilderness leaning on their beloved. And so the Bible says that Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left with her two sons. Now that means Naomi was a widow. Now she was left with her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. Now that means Naomi's two sons with her husband Elimelech that died. Now they had wives. And those wives, each one, the name of the one was Orpah. Every time I read that story, I feel like saying Oprah, but it's not. It's Orpah. And the name of the other was Ruth. So I need you to follow me. So these were wives given to Naomi's sons. So that means Ruth and Orpah were Naomi's what? Daughter-in-laws. Okay? So we follow so far. So verse Verse 4, now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. Then both Melion and Chilion also died. So after 10 years, now not only Ruth's husband was dead, but now her two sons are dead. Now I wonder how we would serve God in those moments. So they're do- both sons. I am going to prophesy. There's some people that you're just waiting for something to happen, and you're wondering how in the world is God's plan in all of this. Now her two sons died. Now I want you to fast forward a little bit to, to, uh, to verse um, 8. And Naomi said to her, Two daughters-in-law, go return each to your mother's house that the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the, with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that you may find rest to your hus- uh, to each of your house and your husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said to her, surely we will return with you for your people. In other words, Naomi saying, hey, listen, my husband is dead. Your two, my two sons are dead, which are two, your two husbands. You don't need to be here anymore with me. I know I'm going to be lonely. Go ahead and go back to your own uh, family and your own customs in Moab, which was not serving the Lord. All right? Now I'm skipping because of time. She's basically saying, hey, listen, I'm distraught. You guys still have a life left. Go back. All right? Now you fast forward a little bit more to verse 14. Because uh, because of time, I'm fast-forwarding all this. Then those two daughters lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to Naomi. And she said, look, your sister, Naomi said, look, your sister Orpah has gone back to her people. Watch this. And to her gods. I could take a moment and preach just on that. One One of the names, the definitions of Orpah means to turn back. I'm not, that's for another time. I'm not going to preach on that today. But Ruth said, verse 16, entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge, watch this, and your people will be my people and your God, the God of Israel, will be my God. This foreigner is saying, I'm willing to leave my comfort, my family in this hard season, and I'm gonna go with my mother-in-law. Some of you are saying, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> willing? You had a choice between going back to your natural family or stay with your mother-in-law. Most people will go back with their natural family. Ruth says, no. Wherever you go, I go, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. That means I'm even willing to change religions because I, there's something I see in Naomi that I want that I don't have right now. Now, look, I'm, I'm almost done with this, okay? Now, th- now, now the, the Bible s- says that, that um, in verse 20, as she's coming back, as Naomi and... and, and, and um, and Ruth are coming back, and I'm, gonna, I'm almost done here. She said to them, do not call me Naomi, because they kept saying, hey, Naomi's back. They said, call me Mara, because, or Mara, because it's, uh, the Lord has dealt bitterly with me. The name M-A-R-A means bitterness. So she, even Naomi, a woman of God, says, don't call me Naomi. You know what Naomi means? Pleasant. There's a point in your life where you say, I don't want to be called Beautiful. I don't want to be called. I don't want to be called this anymore. I am bitter because of the trials of life. Now the Bible says that, that that they came in and they just came into the place at the time of harvest. Now I want you to look at me. So here's a recap. Here's here's a recap, real quick. Naomi had a husband, Elimelech. He died. She had two sons, Melion and Chilion. They died. Now left. Now, now left her daughter-in-law's widowed also. All right. And so, but this story is so prophetically important because Ruth stayed with Naomi. And the the reason why this is so prophetic is because Ruth and someone that you haven't met yet, but you will in the scriptures, but most of you know him, most ladies know him, his name is Boaz. Come on, see all the ladies know who Boaz is. And we limited Boaz to just somebody that he that marries that marries Ruth, and you'll see later in, in the stories. But Boaz is funny because some people are looking at Boaz, but you got Bozo. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Well, that's a, that's another story. But <laughs> but Boaz you will find out, is a redeemer type, a prophetic symbolism, watch this, of the bridegroom God Jesus, and Ruth is prophetically symbolic of the bride of Christ. Watch. Ruth becomes a prophetic allegory of us, the bride of Christ, and Boaz, as you will see later, the one who uh, notices her and eventually marries her because of some things that happened event, and I'm giving you a foreshadow, is a symbolism, Boaz, is a symbolism of Jesus, the Redeemer. Jesus, the bridegroom God. Now, why do I say that? Because in order for you to get this story, you got to see prophetically, because this story teaches us, watch this, how God, the bridegroom God, views his people and deals with his people kindly. You will see how in encouragement, how Jesus looks at us and views us and deals with us, not with a whip in his hand. Because when he is silent in those silent seasons, we're looking for God. And some of us have got to a point where we say, God, are you even up there? Come on, are you even real? Do you even exist? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody that knows. Because if you've ever gone through something, and even if you know the Lord, there's times where your testing will test your faith. And so this is amazing because here's the beautiful. Now, now, why do I say that this is a prophetic allegory? Because it's proven in Scripture too. Because the Bible says that one of the names, are you ready? One of the names for Ruth is, in the Hebrew, is beautiful to behold or something worthy to be looked at. But even, even, someone said, oh. But even more profound than that. Do you know what the main Hebrew name for Ruth is? Oh, this is going to be good. Close friend. Look it up. In the Hebrew, one of the main definitions of Ruth means close friend. And my Bible says in John chapter 3, when John the Baptist was talking, the Bible says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, come on, the friend, Ruth, of the bridegroom, meaning the body of Christ, sits and rejoices because she hears the bridegroom's voice. So there's a prophetic allegory in Ruth that even though you're going to see great struggle and great pain is how God, hear me now, is working behind the scenes, whether you know it or not, even in the midst of your pain to draw you into a place in him and draw you into your destiny in him. I want to say something that sounds cliche-ish, but everything that you're going through is leading you on purpose somewhere. Everything that you are going through in your trials, in your doubt, in your faith, in your walk with God is leading you to a destination. I have, I'm going to say something that's even more cliché, but you got to hear from prophetic utterance. The Holy Spirit many times is the one who is allowing that to get you to a place of dependence, of surrender, of trust. Because the book of Ruth and all of the people involved here illustrates, oh I love this, the divine plan of God for your life. If you were to interview Ruth in certain seasons and phases of her life, you would doubt why God committed a book in the scriptures after her name. If you were to interview Ruth and Naomi during the time where her husband died, you would wonder, wait a minute, why is she... Being dedicated a book in the Holy Scriptures when she's talking like that. You say, how do you see that? Naomi even said, don't call me Naomi anymore, call me Mara. How many have been to that place in your life where you're like, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. Shut up, I don't want to hear that. Because we get so religious sometimes that, we, that, we, that we, 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 we say that, and sometimes people are like, you know, I don't feel like it. I know I am, and it's not about feeling. No, I'm not talking about feeling, but I'm talking about some of the, th- the realities of what you and I go through, that sometimes we don't feel blessed. We don't feel pleasant, but yet God was using those people to call pleasant. Can you imagine you're in a dark place, and someone calls you light all the time? Hey, light. Hey, Pleasant. Hey, Light. I'm in a dark place. Hey, Light. How are you doing? Because when you're going through something, it's so important to know who you are in Christ and your identity. Because knowing who you are in Christ will help you during the difficult times where you don't understand the seasons of what you're going through. And I would dare to suggest that the majority of the people in this room, probably all, either I fit in three categories. A, either you have gone through a situation in your life. Gone through a situation in your life that is very hard and you don't understand. Have you ever been to a place in your life that you just don't have language what's going on? Have you ever been in in a place in your life where you're like, how can this be the plan of God for my life? Oh, come on. I'm preaching good here. Come on. Either you have gone through something that you really don't understand and you're seeking answers for, or you're currently going through something and you're loving God and yet all the storms are hitting you and you think the favor of God has left you. And you think that the Lord has been absent and you think the Lord is not there. Or you're about to go through a situation that you have absolutely no language for or even preparation for and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I am the one who's orchestrating your paths. Even when the Bible says, even in the Bible, when, when, when there's times of silence and there's times of trouble, it's not an indication that God is absent. It's actually an indication that he's present. How do you know that, Pastor George? Because my Bible says in, the, in Psalms, it says, my God is a very present help when? When? Not just present, he's a very present help in times of trouble. Say in trouble. You have no idea how what you're going through is going to benefit you, just like Ruth. Ruth had no idea that what she was going through in her family, listen to me, in her finances, in her business, in her ministry, she had no idea that the transition that was happening to her was actually initiated by the Lord. Now, I'm not saying God killed her husband or killed her. No, no, no. But God allowed it to happen to get it to this point. Watch this. Do you know that if it wasn't for the pain that was brought in Moab about her, her, her um, husband's dying, she would not take the hike back to Bethlehem and Judah? Because you're going to see that even though you don't understand how in the world is this part of God's plan for my life, you're going to see that through the story of Ruth, can I just be honest with you? It's not always peaches and cream. In the story of Ruth, you will see a story of famine. you see a story of poverty, of financial trouble. You see a story, oh, come on, I'm preaching some, to somebody here. You see a story of giving up or wanting to give up you see a story of pain wait a minute how is that good how is that the plan of god the plan of god will lead you to a place if you let it but in the process of leading you into that place you're going to encounter deserts you're going to encounter your faith being tested you're going to encounter arguments you're going to you're going to have more arguments with your spouse you, you're, you're not going to be lovey-dovey all the time. You're not going to always agree on things at times. Come on. And there's sometimes on the journey that the Lord is actually allowing it to happen to get you into a place where your heart can connect exactly where he wants you to be and exactly where he wants you to go and become in him. If Ruth did not have this horrible experience, she would not go to Bethlehem where she would eventually have a divine relationship that would change her life forever Now watch I want to encourage you with something powerful In the book of Ruth you not only have the pain and the bitterness and the poverty but you also see a story of favor you also see uh, you also see the other side you also see the story of financial increase of redemption of destiny being fulfilled, I want to encourage you with something. Hear me, church. There will come a day where you can step back and you will see the whole picture clear. Right now, it doesn't make sense. Right now, what what we're going through in the season that we've gone through right now, it doesn't make sense fully. But God doesn't have you go to the things that you go through just so he can reveal everything because he wants you to walk by faith and he wants you to see that he's still a good God. There will come a day where you look back and you will see the greater picture if you keep on walking and don't give up. If you keep on trusting, if you don't give up. Listen, there, if you only knew how God sees you, Remember, I was telling this to Pastor John, Donnie the other day. Remember, in the book of, uh, I believe it's uh, Kings, First or Second Kings, where Elisha was in the uh, the the mountain. This prophet of God was with his young assistant, and he was in a mountain, and the armies of Israel, the Syrian army, was coming against Elisha. And he was just chilling, and he was just calm on the mountain. The, his assistant started seeing a huge army coming against Elisha, and there were just two of them. Now, I don't know about you, but if, I, if my eyes were not open, I'll be, I'll be a little bit worried when it's two against 5,000 or it's 10,000. His assistant said, um, Elisha, why are you so calm? This is the 2018, this is the PGV version. <laughs> PGV, PGV. He's like, why are you so calm? He goes, don't worry about it. There's more for us than those who are against us. And he's probably saying, this man, he's getting old. He's tripped up. He's probably seeing something in his, in his he has cobwebs in his eyes. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, don't worry, relax. There's more for us than those who are against us. And his assistant's like, they're coming closer. And it doesn't say this, but Elijah, I I feel like he just went. (sighs) Elijah said this, watch this, Lord, open his eyes. And when the Bible says that he said, Lord, open his eyes, the Bible says all of a sudden his assistants saw chariots of fire all over the mountain, ready to go to fight for Elijah. And that's when he said, see, there's more for us than those who are against us. But it's all about your perspective when you are going through a season that you don't have any language for. How do you interpret the season you're going through when you think that God is not for you? When you're praying for revival, you're praying for salvation, you're praying for financial increase, you're praying for open doors, and none of it is happening. Come on, man. But it seems like the opposite is happening. I want to encourage you. God is allowing it to weave to a place where your destiny is going to come to fruition. But let me tell you something before the seed gives fruit, it has to get on the floor and die. This is why we need to know who we are in Christ. Say amen. Say amen. If some of you knew, glory to God. The enemies that you're facing, how is, for, how is bringing you into your own good. You wouldn't start complaining anymore. Come on. You, if, if some of you knew that the enemy you're facing is actually part of God's plan, I'm going to say that again. If some of you knew that the enemies you're facing is actually part of God's plan for you to get you to a place where God, God wants you to, you will lift up your hands you won't complain anymore. And you'll know that it's part of the process. Let me tell you something. Look at the life of Jesus. Look at the life of Ruth. Look at the life of Paul. Do you think that they just were walking and the devil said, oh, you're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Let me just go out. They had some of the worst things happen to them. But it got them to a place of surrender and a place of trust and a place where God was shaping their heart exactly where he wanted it to be. Can I hear an amen? All of, and here's, I'm going to get to the next scripture here now. This is just a a precursor. And the Bible says all things work together for good. Now watch, watch this. Hear me now, church. Hear me now, church. Because I sense that some of you are in a season where you don't understand why things are happening to you. And yet, watch this. I'm going to get a little deeper. Yet you're tithing. You're being faithful. You're, you're, you're living right. You're, you're living, you're living holy. And yet there's problems In your marriage, there's problems with your kids, the problem, there's problem with your ministry, there's problem with your business. And guess what is happening? It's all part of the plan. I don't I don't say this that much, but turn to someone, say it's all part of the plan. You know why I say that? Watch this. The Bible says that as Ruth at the, look at me, look at me, at the height of Ruth's disappointment and Naomi's disappointment, look at me, look at me, when they're believing God, how many of you believe God, and you know at first it's, it's easy to believe God because you have a lot of zeal, and you're like, come on, it's going to happen, oh God, God gave me a business idea, Woo! God gave me a business, God gave me a ministry idea, Woo! and all of a sudden, like, after a while, you're like, God gave me a business idea, <laughs> come on, am I preaching to somebody, God gave me a ministry idea, And then we start going, God gave me a song, but I'm having writer's block now, and I don't feel creative, and I don't know what to study anymore. I feel dry. I don't have direction. And we have it all together on the outside, but inside we're like, what is happening in my life? At the height of Naomi and Ruth's despair, I won't preach, Pastor Donnie. The Bible said Ruth just so happened to, to say, you know what? I'm tired of living this way. I'm going to go get the leftovers. She was settling with the leftovers. She says, it's okay. I'm going to go settle the leftovers. I'm going to go into a field, a random field. And I'm going to pick up the leftovers of the reapers that were reaping the the, the corn and everything that fell off of their bags, those little things I'm going to get and that's enough for me. And the Bible says that she just so happens to out of all the fields in Bethlehem and Judah to land on the field of Boaz. Watch, watch, watch. It just so happens that in the midst of all her tragedy, she just so happens to land on the field of a righteous man that was a, uh, 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 rich, handsome, good-looking, had authority, had favor, and was about to change Ruth's life forever. But it was her pain that brought her there. It was her disappointment that brought her to a place of surrender and say, God, if you're leading me, then I'll do it. Because listen, there's some things that you're going through that if you were to look at a couple years later from now, you will know that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. There are some things that I have gone through a couple years ago and even recently that if I didn't understand, but if I just kept faithful, I look back a couple years afterwards and I say, look what the Lord has done. We either believe that the Lord is directing our steps or we believe the devil is directing our steps. The Bible says it's clear. The Bible is clear. He says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. S- if, 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 if a spiritual reporter would, re- would, would silently interview you in this season of your life, you're like, well, I'm just trucking by. Well, I'm just, I am just I just don't know. It's just really hard on me right now. But just keep waiting. Just keep walking. Just keep believing. In a couple moments from now, you're going to stumble across a field that you don't even know. Because be, You know why? Because... God is stripping you from the approval of man, and he's trying to get you to the dependence of God. Watch this. Look at Ruth chapter 2. Look at this. Oh, this is great. Are you getting something this morning? Ruth chapter 2, look at verse 1. So here's tragedy. Ruth has gone through tragedy. How many have gone through seasons that you lack understanding? Oh, rave your hand. In other words... I don't. uh, Why is this happening to me? How can this be the plan of God? Lord, are you even here? See, we're not allowed to say that at church. We can't be transparent in church. We can't be transparent in church anymore. But I guarantee some of you say, "I don't even believe in God anymore." I don't even believe. I'm. I'm not encouraging you to say that, but I'm saying most of you have had those thoughts at one point in your life. You've been praying praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. Don't, do you, don't you think Ruth and Naomi were, were women of God, and they were praying, and they didn't see anything? Watch this. In the midst of her tragedy, she could have said, it's over. Forget it. I wanna, I, you know how many times I wanted to quit? Hello? You know how many times I wanted to quit? Many times. But I kept going. I kept trucking because I realized that my destiny is not dependent on people. Although God uses people, he's trying to strip me from the dependence on people and look at him to fulfill my destiny. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The moment you start looking at people to fulfill your destiny that, that were used by God, then you have taking your eyes off of the provider and into those that can't provide. Yeah. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So in the midst of this tragedy, look what happens. Look what happens. Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Look at this. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. That means it was the family of her husband. His name was Boaz. Look at verse 2. We're going to read through verse 9. So Ruth, the Moabitess, by the way, the Moabitess means person who's not part of the covenant said to Naomi, please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him whose sight I may find favor. And she said, go, my daughter. Look at verse 3. Then she left, oh, I'm going to shout for a little bit, and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Are you ready for this? And she just so happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Do you see this tapestry that God is weaving From the death of her sons, the death of her husband, wanting to quit, giving up. I'm being faithful to all of a sudden. She's just going through the motions, but she's being faithful. She's gleaning. She's gleaning. And all of a sudden, she just so happens to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was the family of Elimelech. I want to say something prophetically to you. Those who are not giving up. The Bible says this. Be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if you do not quit. So what is a sign that you're about to reap when you feel like quitting? So a prophetic sign that you're about to reap is when everything in you says turn around like Orpah. Turn around. Turn around. Go back to your gods. Go back. It's not working. This, this Christianity thing is not working. We've tried it. It's not good. Listen, this is not a phase. This is a lifestyle. And so watch this. Watch this. Look at verse 4. This is good. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen, but it's okay. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. Oh, glory to God. Boaz, all of a sudden, the Redeemer, came to Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. The reapers. Those who are getting it first. Okay. The Lord bless you. Look at verse 5. Now behold, and and Boaz said to his servants who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? If I had time, I would tell you a revelation that God gave me while I was reading that. (laughs) What? Okay. Here it goes. I wasn't planning, it wasn't in my notes, but the Lord showed this to me. What made, do you notice the timing of what made Boaz notice Ruth? It wasn't just her beauty. What was Ruth doing? She was tending the harvest. In other words, she was doing the dirty work of cleaning the sheep and being, and being with, with the harvest. And the harvest, uh, uh, spiritually, are those who are getting saved. Those who are, nobody wants their leftovers. And she's tending to them, and she's picking up what nobody wants. And the Redeemer says, "I could trust her because she is picking up things that nobody else wants that I want. She is she's spending time digging things that nobody wants, but she's shepherding and she's she's doing and she's singing when nobody sees, and she's writing songs when nobody sees prophetically. He's he's writing sermons without a stage." That's the type of person that I say, who's that person? It was after she was picking up the leftovers that Boaz said, who's that girl? See, when you pay attention to the things that the world doesn't pay attention, that is still important to God, God will trust you with a great responsibility. So that's my little revelation there. Whose young woman is this? Look at verse 6. So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, this, This is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi. Watch this. Remember, Boaz prophetically is, is, is the bridegroom God. And, he, and she said, please, Ruth now, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now. This is the servant telling Boaz that she rested a little while in the house. Look at two more verses. Watch this. Then Boaz said to Ruth, look at the favor of God in, in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of not giving up, in the midst of, watch this, God being behind the scenes In your life, I'm here to declare, God is working now behind the scenes, and it includes the dark times. It includes the the times where people are no longer there that you thought were there. It includes the people, uh, the plan of God for your life when you said, oh, this was the plan of God, now it's over here. No, God doesn't change his mind. Sometimes what we think looks like disaster, God says, is a setup for the destiny of God that I have for you. Sometimes what looks like, no, God says, you know what? You know what I'm doing, son? You know what I'm doing, daughter? I'm stripping you from what you think you need. And all I want at the end of the day is that you look at me, talk like me, walk like me, and then, you know what's interesting? Even in marriage, let me pause. Even in marriage, when, we, when, when some of us are so desperate and desperate to, to get a wife and get desperate to get a husband, sometimes that doesn't come. But when God empties of you out that, of all of that and you're just focused on him, God says, now you're ready. When you're like, you know what, I'm just focused on the Lord. And so watch what happens. Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen to my daughter, will you not? This is the favor. Do not, do not go to glean in another field. In other words, here's your place right here. Here's a place of faith. Look, look, nor go from here, but stay close to my young women. Look at this. Look at verse 9, and then I'm going to say a couple of things. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? Look at the protection of the Lord here. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from the young men whatever you have drawn. Look at this. I want the worship team to come up here. Oh, this is powerful. Look at this. This scripture shows that the Lord is never absent in the seasons of your life where you have great despair. Never absent when you are confused about the call of God in your life. He is never absent. He sees everything and he is caring for you and leading you, watch this, into a place. Oh, if you could just see, see this with me. Even in that dark season that you're in, it's part of the process leading you to that field. Listen, I've said this before and I'll say it again. God is never early. I wish he was early. He's always right on time. But just when you thought it's not, it's going to be over with your kids or your business, Boaz shows up. Look at this. This is powerful. When you're going through heartache, when you're going through loneliness, don't lift up your hands. How many of you have suffered loneliness? How many of you have suffered heartache? How many have suffered confusion or didn't have the pieces of the puzzle together? How many of you are used to being strong and all of a sudden, I'm just going to say what I feel. How many of you are so good at giving encouragement to others and you see clearly for others, but you can't see clear for yourself? You have the right words to say to someone who's hurting. But inside, to some of you, your life is in shambles. And you're like, Lord, how about me? He's a very present help in the times of trouble. Come on, say amen. You know the reality is, guys? God has used trouble to shape me. Don't pray for God to give character for you. Actually, you do. But when you do, God's not going to wave his hand and say, character, be filled. Now all you have to do, now you walk like me, you think like me, now you're more humble. No, he uses fire to build character. He doesn't wave his hand. I wish he did. Do you know when someone gets saved and and they're in bondage, I could lay hands on them pray for them and they feel the Holy Spirit and there's a level of freedom there. But their mind needs to be renewed by the Word of God. I cannot transfer with my hand or prayer the Word of God. Can you imagine? In Exodus, Leviticus, Genesis, John, Now, <laughs> You know why God doesn't do that? Because then you'll depend on everybody else instead of you walking with the Lord. The Word of God does not come through osmosis. Uh, I, I could, oh... I could go another direction by the Holy Spirit, but I want to tell you, they left Bethlehem in the beginning, and they left Judah, and then everybody died. Judah means praise. When you leave an environment of praise in your life, when praise and thanksgiving starts leaving you because of the trials that you're going through, because of the darkness that you're going through, you slowly begin to die. Because a fish was made to be in the environment of water. And, and stars were made to be in the environment of the galaxy. And Christians were made to be in the environment of the presence of God. And you invoke the presence of God through worship and the Word. There are certain things that you cannot shortcut in your walk with God. The Word and Judah Praise. Is part of your environment. Try taking a fish out of water and try to prophesy and pray for it and lay hands all you want. It's never going to work. You can take a fish out of water and say, live fish. It'll be like. You know why? Because you took it out of its environment. When you take a Christian out of its environment, when you take a man or woman of God out of the environment of being with God, your first calling is to be drawn near to him. Watch this. When trials come, what's the first thing that the enemy attacks? Your word life. Your prayer life. Come on. Your praise life. And so I've always said it before and I'll say it again. Your, your freedom level determines your worship level. I can see it in some of you when you come in church. And I'm smiling. I'm not mad at you. When you come to church, some of you are, the worship's going on and you dictate how passionate you praise and worship God due to how you what you're going through it's actually that's when you actually need to scream a little bit more you need to be shout a little bit more lift up your hands a little bit more because you don't get out of the situation because of what you're going through you get out of the situation by responding to the right environment when you get a fish that's dying and you put it right back in the water slowly It regains strength. You have to ask yourself, has the season of doubt taken you out of the environment of God? That was for free. Amen. My troubles shaped me. God used trouble to shape me. God used people that hated me to grow me. God used pain. Listen, God used pain to humble me. God uses those things to bring us into godly character. And you know what? Yes, the Lord moved. I saw this yesterday. Yes, the Lord uses people to get you into a place of destiny, but the initiator of those people was the Lord. Remember in John the Baptist days, in John chapter 3, I saw something. Look at John chapter 3 real quick. Oh, I saw this yesterday. I read this before a million times. But I wanna encourage you, listen to me, look at me. There's nothing that the enemy or your trials or your dark season could do to abort the plan of God that God has for you. Because if God, listen, if the Lord wants to give it to you, even though you may have to go through something, He is greater than your journey process. I wanna say it this way, His ability, oh, I'm gonna shout for a second. His ability to lead you is greater than your ability to hear Him. Well, Pastor George, I don't know if I'm going to miss it. I don't know if I'm going to miss it. You may miss it, but his ability to lead you is stronger than your ability to to, to get it right. He's relentless to pursue you. Look at this. There was a story where John the Baptist was baptizing, and now Jesus was baptizing too. Before, it was only John the Baptist. I'm going to give a prophetic metaphor right now. So so at, at one time, John the Baptist had a big ministry. Everybody was coming to him. He was baptizing people. He he even baptized Jesus. Jesus said, permit it for now. And you know what happened? The dove came down, Holy Spirit came down. Now after Jesus was baptized, now he started baptizing people and everyone was coming to him. And so it's like, wait, 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 wait. Everyone's going to this guy. Everyone's going over here to, 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 to the ministry of Jesus. You know what the John Baptist said? I love it because he understood identity. Most people would be like, I don't know, maybe God. Watch this, watch this. When there's seasons that you don't see the favor of God, you're convinced that God has taken his favor off of you. John could have said, I don't know. Why is there, has my ministry faded? Is, am I no longer useful? Come on, somebody. They came and John answered and said, no, no, revert. Put put it in verse 26. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who is with you, meaning Jesus, beyond the Jordan, to who you've testified, behold, he is baptizing. Watch this. Everyone is coming to Jesus. Now you would think John the Baptist said, that's not fair. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's, let's speak real talk. Let's speak real talk. God, that's not fair. Why are you blessing them and not me? I'm faithful. I give. I go to church. I'm living right. I'm, I'm praying. I go to the meetings that they tell me to. Look what John said. Oh, I love this. John answered said, here's a prophetic word for you. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. In other words, relax. God is with me. If God is decreasing me right now, it's because heaven allowed it. And it's all part of the plan. And if he's highlighting this, the, the Lord right now, God can't, God is not going to give you anything unless it's first granted by heaven. Let me tell you something. The Lord knows where you're at. He didn't bump his head and go to sleep for two weeks while you're drowning in the waters. He knows that this is leading you to something. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I saved the best for last. The Lord highly favored Ruth. Are you ready for this? And I, listen, what I'm about to say is going to pierce my own heart, okay? The Lord honored Ruth. I want you to get this. This is the last statement I'm going to say. Well, I'm going to read a scripture here. Because Ruth understood the principle of honor. The Lord favored Ruth because she understood the principle of honor. Honoring God and saying, I will leave my people and your God will become my God and your people shall become my people. When you honor God and you honor people, the favor of God is released. When you treat people like Jesus would treat them, not like man would treat them because like man would treat them is I want a piece. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You know what they talk bad about me? i won't to talk bad about them. And Jesus is like, that's not how I would treat them. The kingdom of God is upside down. It doesn't make sense. Now no, no, watch this. Because Naomi, Ruth uh, knew the the principle of honor, that her whole family was blessed. Watch this. I'm closing with this. Ruth chapter 2 in the NLT. Look it up on the screen. In the NLT, verse 10 through 12. Watch this. I'm going to close with this. Oh, this is good. Say honor. I'm going to share something in just a second. Ruth fell at his feet, and she said, why what have I done to deserve such kindness? Now remember, who is Boaz in this story prophetically? Huh? Who is Boaz prophetically in this story? And who is Ruth prophetically in the story? The bride of Christ. So we're saying, God, I came out of this darkness. Now I'm getting blessed beyond my belief. Now I'm getting healed. Now the pain is leaving me. What did I do to deserve this? Watch what Boaz says prophetically of Jesus speaking. Ruth fell his feet and say, what do I do Did it I'm I'm a foreigner. What did I do to deserve this kindness? Look at verse 11. Yes, I know, Boaz replied, but I also know, here's the principle of honor, everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I also heard that you left your father and your mother and, and your own land to live here among complete strangers. Look at verse 12. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I'm going to say something. I know the benefit of honor and I know the benefit of dishonor. Sadly, if I could, if I could take certain moments back in my life, I would honor better. God and I would honor people better, but I can't, I have to, I had to repent, I had to count my losses and I know that the Lord still, but I still had to suffer the consequences, but what I dishonored, L- what, listen to me, listen to me, whatever you honor will be attracted to you and whatever you honor you have access to. Whatever you honor you have the ability to access from. And whatever you dishonor will draw away from you, and whatever you dishonor you will never have the ability to access from. What What do you mean, Pastor George? If you honor a prophet, you have access to prophetic words. You have access to prophetic direction. If you honor, watch this, your finances, you have access to open doors. You have access to open doors of finances if you honor your finances. If you're a good steward of your finances. Let me tell you something. We're asking for a million dollars and we can't handle a hundred. Lord, give me a million dollars so i get out of debt. You can't even handle a hundred. First, handle a hundred. If you honor your finances, your finances will honor you. It's about uh, honor. That's why the favor of God came. Who are you honoring and what are you honoring and what are you dishonoring? That will tell you a lot of what's happening. If you watch this, if you honor the word of God, you will reap the benefits of who he says you are and what you can have in the word. If you honor your dreams by waking up at three in the morning when God is trying to talk to you instead of snooze. And you say, Lord, speak to me. And God now gives you a dream at 3 in the morning and says, wake up and write this down. If you don't honor that, you won't reap that. But when you honor your dreams, you'll reap the benefit of your dreams. Is Some of you are asking God to speak to you, but he's speaking to you in an inconvenient way. He's waking you up in the middle of the night and you're like, I'm too tired. And God says, you asked me to speak to you. But not this way, God. Watch. If you, oh, you're going to love this. The Lord shared me this with you. If you honor faithfulness to people, you will reap faithfulness from people. Say that again. If you honor faithfulness to people, you will reap faithfulness from people. Right? If you honor your father and your mother, you have access to live long on the earth. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? I want you to stand up. I want to say this over you. I want you to look at me. One of the ways, look at me. This is, this is, one of the last things I'm going to say is powerful I'm going, to, I'm going to dismiss you. One of the ways you honor God in the hard seasons is continue to be obedient to his word Even if it hurts, continue to lift up your hands and praise God. Continue to release love to others. And you know how you, watch this, you know how you honor, you don't know how you honor people? You know how you honor people? By serving them. By loving them like Jesus loves them. You know another way to serve people? Is to not slander them when things go wrong your way and not talk behind their back when things don't go wrong your way. Don't assassinate their character behind closed doors because something happened to you. Because what you sow, you will reap. You know, you wanna get the favor of God? Do what God says, serve people well. And in this season, there will be a suddenly experience that you'll enter the field of Boaz without you knowing and because the Lord takes delight in you. And the Lord wants you to know That the first thing that goes out the window when we have trials and tribulation is the honor code. Think about this. Think about this. When we're going through seasons that we don't understand, the first thing that goes out the window is our ability to honor God and honor people. I I know that I've had to learn the hard way. When I've been real hurt, it's been hard to honor people. But the Lord says, you still got to do it. you still got to honor people even when they don't like you you still got to honor the Lord even when everything in you is kind of secretly upset at Him. When you do, God will start blessing you and releasing His favor upon your life. Listen to me. God is going to give strength and grace to people here that are going through seasons. Here's what I heard from the Lord. God is going to give release grace to people here who are going through seasons that they don't, have, they don't understand the language. That they've gone through the Ruth experience and they're saying, why did you allow? How is this the plan of God for my life? The Lord says, if you keep walking, you're about to enter the field of Boaz. He's going to give you grace. And, I, and the second thing I heard is in prayer is that this is an hour, I know this sounds cliche but you need to hear me. This is an hour that God is calling women as leaders in the body of Christ. He is asking you that if you're a, 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 a woman that and if you've been displaced and you felt you've been on the back burner uh, of ministry because it's all about the men. No, it's time for the women of God to arise. It's time for the women also to take their place. So we're going to worship right now. We're going to worship for about five minutes here and I want you to lift up your hands. Because God is going to release grace to those who are going through a season like Ruth that they didn't understand. But if you keep walking, come on, if you keep talking right, if you keep serving the Lord, if you keep confessing the scriptures, if you keep praising God. You will be able to have Boaz notice you, which is Jesus coming and rewarding you. And the second thing is I'm going to call a special call for those women of God that have felt oppressed either by society or by the church and that God is releasing you. Oh, I feel that. And God is releasing you for a new sound and for a new movement and, 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 and and a new authority that God wants you to be heard as well. Come on, lift up your hands right now all over this. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit RemnantChristianCenter.com.